welcome to episode, I don't know, 10 or 11, maybe nine, but <laughs> round 11 debrief of Badger Watch, the county championship cricket podcast. All talk about the county championship cricket based on the game cricket11.com, which is a fantasy cricket game. And with me, I have Howard, I have Hugh and I have Chev. And together we make the Badger Watch League in cricket11.com. The league standings at the moment are Howard's team, Bears Badgers, are coming first on 18,020 points. The Chevaliers, which is Chev's team, on 17,126 points a second. Brian May saved the Badgers, Hugh's team, are on 16,756 points. Despite me having my best week ever, Spenny's champs, probably should be labelled Spenny's chumps, are on 12,424 points, going quite last. What's your best week ever constitute, actually, Spen? How many points is that? 1,610. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? What did you get this week, Chev? Did did an average week for you beat Spenny's best ever? Yeah, well, yeah, it was an average week, I think. It was, what was I on? 2,144. Our league average was 2,147 points this week. Fifth in the whole competition, which puts us fifth in the whole competition of round 10 of the county championship, exactly. Yeah, you're okay, exactly. And um, if last week's episode was named the Simon Harmer Appreciation Pod, I think I think he did us pretty well last week, didn't he? Everyone who captained him, how many points did he get? But he was 378 doubled to 766. That's right. (laughs) Not yeah. for me, though. <laughs> Not for Well, saying that, Simon Harmer spun Essex into a three-day win, which was great, against Gloucester. He got how many wickets? He got 10? I think he got 13, I think. 13 wickets. That's obscene. And then the other big score it, of the round was um, Keaton Jennings. Who had him in the team? I know someone who got rid of him. <laughs> Two people got rid of him. Who got rid of Chev and Chev Howard? and I both? I think uh, you I both can't, got rid of him. I honestly okay. can't remember. I, I may have said something two weeks ago about him, and it was his time was up. And I think he's just sort of kicked on from there and actually went from um, ducks to God knows how many points on his own this week. Oh, he got so he got it's a good point because he got 318 runs in that room. I think it was 898 points for Keaton Jennings, triple century. He's called them at a fair old pace as well, which always helps in this game. Strike yeah. rate in the 70s, I think. I'm trying to get the rules up for everyone. But yeah, I mean, points per run puts him at 318 points anyway. Boundaries, etc. Plus five, is it for a boundary? Plus one, four and three for a six. And then he gets extra points for every time he goes past 50 or 100. So that is massive. Um, does that put him in line? A little cool up for the South Africa series? Not no. immediately, I don't think. It definitely, definitely <laughs> you, doesn't do him any, any harm. You're looking appalled at that question. The alternative <laughs> is that Crawley stays, which is going to make you even more appalled. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think we'd go with 10 and just let... <laughs> just... just let whoever's going to be picked to bat at three, let them open. Pope might as well open. Who, um, doesn't who, are, matter the big, who, who are the other big scorers of the round? Who else has someone else who scored <laughs> any other points for them? I brought in Zafar Gohar as a horses for courses selection for his mm. trip to Chelmsford. And he took a five wicket haul first innings and scored quite a quick 80 odd 
Night, yeah, he did, yeah. And Harmer everywhere in the second innings. Yeah. Mm. But he finished with 400 odd points. Yeah. Go par or go home. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> just go. <laughs> I think there's a delay on the line, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> and had Eddie Byram, who scored 100. Very cheap selection in the game. He's oh, bad. that looked very good, Valley. That was good business. 30 yeah. odd thousand pounds for him. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, there was. There was some. I tell you what, in the, in the championship round this round, there was some really good games, though, weren't there? There was, I mean, Hampshire won, Northants won, Surrey won. Um, There's some really good chases there. Northants chase and Surrey's chase were pretty good. Did you guys watch the Surrey game? Did you keep our tabs on it? Obviously, Chevin Howard tuned in on the stream for the last I don't know thirty or forty runs. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say overs. <laughs> you just. <popped> in. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, just the last, the last little bit. But having come, I think it was probably a week to the day, almost after Yorkshire had somehow stolen victory from Surrey's grasp in the Blast game, when mm. it got down to, I think, I think Surrey needed three off three in that game and managed one. And I think it got down to Surrey needing four off four or four off five or something. And I thought there was going to yeah. be the chance of lightning striking twice. But yeah. luckily, the big man, Aaron Hardy, hit one over it went over the boundary. A good game for Ben Folks, that, wasn't it? On re- sort of return, sort of coming back from, got 80, not out in the first innings. Everyone talks about sort of, can he bat with a tail as well as other keeper bats have done in a test game? And he seemed to have done that all right. And then he sort of guides, Hugh, what did you call him? Ben Chokes. Was that a, a childhood name that you remember him having? Yeah. Yeah, he used to get to 30 and just chip it to midwit or mid on every week. It was. It was actually his brother Matt was more prolific at it. Matt Chokes really was the, <laughs> the one. But... We need to find Matt but... Chokes with Twitter handle and put him on there because. <laughs> I don't, I don't um, think. I don't think he'd come on our podcast. I don't think I've ever his favourite. <laughs> Very good. And then that other game, that chase. Did anyone keep on? And was it the Northants game? No, they they bowled out um, Kent. So they they put a score on the board and Simon Kerrigan. Um, That's managed right. to uh, managed to, to to find form out of a, a form vacuum. He was I saw in the paper today he was on course to have bowled the most balls in a first class season without a wicket until two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> the record is something like five hundred and fifty eight balls in a first class season without a wicket. He'd got to five hundred and seventy eight before he snared one last week, and then he's come back in with five bags. So five bags. Let's get up on the Simon Kerrigan train. Yeah, Rob Keogh. As well, took a five for in that second innings, bowled them out nicely. Yeah, great win, wonderful win. Any other games of note that were the part? Well, Essex, I, mean, I suppose the Essex game they finished in three days. Gloucester, I, we keep saying it every week. I think they're either injury hit or they just look completely out of their depth against any Div One team, don't they? They can't put any runs on the board, and then they can't bowl anyone out basically. Um, so fundamental I, problems in long form cricket, really. Yeah, fundamental. I think they're probably looking to go down. And then um, Leicester, that game. Did anyone see that? That looked a pretty boring game, but at the same was, time, wasn't wasn't a week to be a bowler, was it? Oh my god, Ackerman and Mulder. I don't know what their partnership was. Well, I could probably tell you somewhere, but two seven four hundred and seventy something. I think. I yeah, think it broke a load of records. Yeah, two seven seven two three five each, and that is pretty. 
Yeah, and then Sussex second innings, Alior, 106, all sop 60, 220 for one. That is a boring game of cricket, isn't it? I think that yeah. goes back to your point last week. There's, if they don't have a quality spinner, maybe at this time of the year, you probably aren't going to be bowling many sides out with the balls that we have that have been so, if not reported on Terrible. by Badger Watch, reported on by other people as well. They're rubbish, aren't they? Hopeless. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, we've had we've had Seamers wickets galore for the last five years. Actually, I think it's I think it's making good cricket and preparing our cricketers for for tests abroad, which which is what they need. So, I, I, whilst you're going to get the odd ball draw like this, um, I think in the in the in the grand scheme of things, I think it's it's good for our game. Um, I noticed in that game, Haynes retired hurt, so he'll be. Uh, perhaps a little bit gutted to have missed out on that flat second. What about Pajara? 46 has got to be a failure on that deck, hasn't he, boys? How much do you spend on him? 120 big one? Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure who you're talking to here. <laughs> 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 yeah, I had a bit of a gamble on him with captaincy, which clearly backfired. Um, you know, it would have been nice if he just made a slightly better return, but, you know, there's always next week. Yeah. I saw him get out. He just missed a missed one of Colin Ackerman's straight breaks, having looked glorious for 40. Just really innocuous delivery. Well, someone was also just going after my whole bloody team. Yeah, so it was just one of those weeks where none of them seemed to really kick on. And a pair of failures for Wayne Madsen, Chev. You couldn't have countenanced that. Mr. Consistent. Yeah, that was also an annoying one. A brute guest did all right, actually. So he was... Yeah, he, he outscored himself. <laughs> I think we've all... We've all got Brooke guests, though, haven't we? So it's like, it's a neutral point. Yeah. Oh, have any of you got yeah. Brooke guests? No, who have you got? Who's your keeper? My keeper is is still James Bracey. I had Ben Cox for a bit. Um, I thought I thought you ditched Bracey. No, I subbed him out. The first time. I subbed, I subbed oh, him out right. for Cox. Subbed him out for Cox. I, who else? I had I had Sam Northeast, who went pretty well. I think is that I don't know if that's his first hundred of the season, but it's for it's the first one I remember him getting this season. And who else did I have who went okay? Is Mullaney sort of did okay? Got a, got a no, he didn't. That's a point. He was, he was rubbish. No, he was rubbish, yeah, for all of us, I think. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think apart from basically Harmer carried me through, Ben Mike got minus points again. And I still haven't managed to find room to sub him out. Um, I was desperate that he was going to get a bat in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the other guy that, that, what, in that in that Leicestershire innings when they got six hundred and something, you didn't get a bat. Yeah, I was, I was literally like, I was like, oh, a few quick wickets, and he might get a bat, and he's good enough to play well on a flat one, and there's no quick wickets, <laughs> so that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, who else did I have who maybe went okay? Um, no, um, no, I don't have anyone else really. To be honest with you, Harmer got he was, he was my captain. So if I got 1,600 points, he got literally nearly half my points. Um, and then everyone else chipped, then Sam Northeast chipped in. And then that was it, really. Yeah, that was great. But I mean, was that a boring, is that a boring round of the championship? Apart from maybe the Surrey game chasing it down? It was a bit sort of. Oh, Worcestershire made a, an interesting game. Ed Pollock for me went bananas, quite pleasingly, at his 100 off 70 odd balls. It was uh, that spiced up quite a, uh, a mediocre game of first class cricket of 200 plays, 200 plays, 200 plays, 220 for three, with Pollock smashing Toby Rowland Jones everywhere. Um, and Lancashire, what about the Lancashire game um, up at Southport? Um, didn't that go all the way? I'm imagining that. 
I think they just they were a few wickets short of bowling Somerset out for a win. I think Somerset finished seven down. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chakra Goldsworthy well and Siddle batting at the end. It must have looked quite good actually when they got Van der Merwe out at the end, and then Siddle batted for twenty nine balls. Goldsworthy got seventy three off two hundred and thirteen balls, so he sort of blocked out towards the end. But actually, it's not that close a game. Somerset snuck ahead in the end, didn't they? So Manchester yeah. had to bat again. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that, that Middlesex game, actually, you're, you're right, Hugh, because Ed Pollock, I think, left Warwickshire last year to go to Worcester, or two years ago. Yeah. Two. And he, well, sort of... he started at Worcester, went to Warwickshire, then went back to Worcester. And um, I didn't even realise I had him in my team, but I knew I had him in my team. I didn't realise that he was in the last chance saloon of, of getting the axe from the four-day side and uh, played a bit of basketball. Play basketball. I mean, might, he, you're, yeah. like your point last week, he's he's a 2020 player, really, isn't he? He like made his name in the, is, yeah. in the one day game. So you know, is he, I don't think he'll get a call up anytime soon. But he's the type of player maybe that might prosper from from basketball if he if he keeps going like that. Yeah, um, he, he slog swept Tim Murphy a couple of times um, into Watford, I think. So um, yeah, did what the, did what Jason Roy couldn't do in the test. Yeah. Game. <laughs> Slightly different looking wicket, if you see what. <laughs> Uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a good attack that though that he's smashed that off. Murta, Ryan Jones, Yadav, Helm. It's not the worst bowling attack to maybe with the balls in the wicket, but as a caveat. Um, I mean, to be fair, the other scores in the game were all low. It was as you said, three scores of two hundred. Yeah. Five preceding that, so there weren't a lot of runs. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, just looking again though, looking at the sort of Div 1, if we talked about Gloucestershire being pretty poor this season, we said it before, but you know, North Ants are really doing a good job, aren't they? I mean, North Ants are the team that you wouldn't necessarily think would be doing too well in, um, you know, you put them maybe in the hat to go down. They're fifth in the table at the moment. They're doing really well. And then Gloucestershire away at the bottom. So, but then in between them, you've got Somerset, Kent, Warwickshire, Yorkshire. There's, you know, it's probably three big names that you'd say there in Somerset, Warwickshire mm. and Yorkshire. Um so it's really good to see them challenging. Um, Yorkshire are very unlucky in the, the number of players they have missing on a regular basis, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Are you guys in, interested in your chances? Do you think there's going to be a close finish with Hampshire, sorry? Um, I mean, I wouldn't just narrow it down to those two. I think I think Essex are still very much in it. There, as I said, I think last week, you know Essex are going to get result results at home. And yeah. with Harmer, they're, they're likely to come out on the on the better side of those results. My only reservation with Surrey is, do they have enough firepower to, to bowl enough teams out twice to get the wins? And yeah. a couple of bowlers like, they've got Kemar Roach coming back this week um, for the for the visit of Essex, which is nice. Um, look, they're in, they're in a great place and I, I think they've exceeded my expectations certainly this year in, in terms of what they've done in the four-day stuff. So um, they've put, given themselves a great chance and here's hoping. It's interesting Hampshire and Surrey being right up there with what you would argue isn't a out-and-out first-choice spinner. Dawson's the best spinner between the two sides. But, yep. you know, the pitches Surrey traditionally play on and you could argue uh, Hampshire do, you know, yep. and the balls which we've talked about so much. It is, it is interesting that they're both up there without a named spinner, really. Um, and have been able to force victories where where other sides haven't. Maybe you'd put in a bath in Hampshire's case as someone who's got real quality, and actually with Barker and Abbott, that is a is a pretty all round pace attack. And, and I suppose maybe Su- Surrey have 
have the most varied pace attack potentially. Yeah, I mean, sorry with Overton getting what you get six for in the second innings. That's, I mean, that's really nice. It's the good wickets, the wickets that you want, don't you, as a perspective, well, trying to stay in the England team. And then it's interesting you say that actually about the bowling, actually, because I think Farbrace came out and said that Warwickshire are struggling because they've lost a few, they've got a few injuries, but they don't have an out and out bowler who's going to like a, a spearhead, so to speak. They've got Hannon Dolby, yeah. who's a good workhorse. They've got a fourth seamer in Rhodes. They've got a few young lads playing this time. George Garrett's, I think, about 20 years old. But I wonder if, if we are going to go this way with the pitches and if the balls stay the same or we want to keep it like this, then I think more and more attacks going to need to try and find, like mm. we said last week, that point of difference. And not just in yeah. spinner, but in seamer as well. Yeah, um, well, look at Overton. He's, he's five miles an hour quicker on average than a lot of your average counter bowlers. That is a point of difference, sort of six foot, whatever it is. It's that... that unlocks games by, by having a, a completely different option. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did, um, just, well, just on that, just on the sort of um, different sort of points to do, do you, do you guys see the news this morning that uh, Stokes has retired from the one-day game international, which is probably quite good. But I sort of, what do we think? Who's, is that a good decision, do you think, in terms of his longevity in the game? Ben Stokes retiring. Howard, do you reckon that's a, a decent thing to do? I mean, Clearly, he thinks it's, it's right for him. Uh, if you're playing all three formats, I think I might be wrong here. I think Root's the only one that really, <clears throat> I mean, really plays all three formats. And even he's well, he's available for selection 20 over game, but um, doesn't always make the side. But he, he wants to. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's a lot of it's a lot of cricket, and he's obviously made the call up. But I guess with the, the captaincy, he's been the the thing that swayed his mind that he mm. wants to focus on the test job and still be able to pick up the old payday in the likes of the IPL and, and whatever other opportunities come around for, for the T20 stuff. So um, it's, a sh- it's a shame to see him go. He's still clearly one of our um, best players. And I reckon there's a, a lot of opposition teams thinking what a breath of fresh air it is to not have to, to line up against Stokes when you, when you play England, but um, a shame to see him go. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there is there a like? No, there's no like for like replacement for Ben Stokes. That's a stupid question. But is there anyone who could, you guys think that could like technically replace him in the county game at the moment? I know on WhatsApp earlier someone said, but the balance of the team maybe looks better. Did someone say that earlier on the WhatsApp? Yeah, I think with with losing Morgan and then having the middle order with Stokes, Livingston, and Moen Ali, you seem a little bit light on specialist batsmen. You've got three what I would call biffers there. Um, I think there's probably room for one more proper batsman. So the amount of overs Stokes has bowled in one day cricket recently, I think I would like to see England go down the road of, of playing a batter. They've got they've got some other bowling options, but play a, play a batter to replace Stokes. If you're going to continue to pick, um, I guess, Livingston, um, who's your who's your heavy hitter in the middle, in the middle yeah. order? I think you need another proper batsman in there. So who do you go for? Do you go Brook? Do you go Milan? Are there... A- other names that are banging. Well, I mean, the thing is, there's no 50 over competition so far this year. So, uh, I mean, who do you pick? You've got to pick based on four-day cricket or 20-over cricket. I think Milan's temperament is, like, probably the next guy. Maybe Harry... I, don't, I can't answer that. Into, Brooke and Milan are probably the two you think of. But Milan, to me, his temperament is very good. You know, he likes to sort of take his time. At 50-over cricket, he could do that a bit more and then get going later in his innings. But the, I, like you say, Hugh, I think the annoyance is that I, I couldn't tell you in this 50-over game who the next person is because the, the competition's gone, isn't it? Well, it hasn't gone, but... Mm. 
Well, uh, well, uh, isn't it, that why they're just picking? Sorry, isn't that why they're just picking almost like a second squad now for a one day in T twenties? It's because everything is so bunched up. They they're basically already running it. So this is also one of the reasons why Stoke. It was actually a fairly easy easy decision, I think, for Stoke to step mm-hmm. away from it because. Yeah, you know, as they were playing test cricket pretty much in, in, in England, the, the one day team was over in Holland and they continue to, to have this these clashes or almost rollovers constantly. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious that for him, I think, to make that call also, you know, um, yeah, when is the next success going to be around with that team after what they've already done? So, if you want to do one job right, which is in everyone's mind now, test cricket. <laughs> then it's an it's an easy decision uh, to go with in terms of making sure that, that you're successful as a captain there. And then in terms of who you pick, they've already got the whole squad going out everywhere, and they can just choose. That's basically where they're picking the new lineup, as in by playing these international games. They're not doing it in in county cricket as such. Uh, they're just doing it by selecting players into those squads and see what who who basically comes up. So, Chef, do you not think you say your your point basically is that they do you not think that they're selecting England fifty over cricketers because of the fifty over because of the county game? Do you think they're just selecting people on talent and what they're doing in general cricket? And then well, that's what that's what they've been doing for the last six months, really. If you look at the one day T Twenty squads, they've they selected new players or they rotated new players through, um, uh, not necessarily based on what they were doing. At home, because it wasn't based on it wasn't based on the four day format, uh, obviously, and and it's not going to be. So by the time they get to the end of the summer, they've got some players that they can choose from that may have done well in T Twenty this this summer. Yeah, uh, but they've already got probably the next eight or nine who are not making the squad or the team at the moment. They're already with them all the time anyway, so that's probably where the, the next one's going to come from. I think, yeah, the, the problem is that anyone who is nearly talented enough to be considered for England selection and the 50 over side is almost certainly going to be snapped up by one of the 100 teams because they'll also be a pretty effective shorter format hitter. So as as you've alluded to, even the guys that should be auditioning for this spare place in the batting lineup aren't going to be playing 50 over cricket and might not get any cricket at all. Um, The one name that might not, I don't think he played the 100 last year, but has got a very good first uh, this day record in in England is Sam Hain at Warwickshire. Mm. He's he's one that's flown under the radar quite a bit. Um, don't think his first class form ever quite reached matched his potential, but still averaging I think it's high fifties in in this day cricket over a career, and has been in a lot of Lions squads. Someone like that I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing in the one day side. Not whether sure whether it fits with Josh Butler's um, take on how he sees the team going forward, but he. Hayne did have a very good T20 blast, so he's he's shown he can score a, a decent lick and also keep the strike rotating in the middle. Yeah, because because the issue at the moment, isn't it, is that if you're playing in the hundred, you probably you or you definitely won't be playing in the fifty over competition, right? Yeah. I was trying to explain this to, to to Sophie, my wife, and it was very much a case of I was trying to explain to her what we're going to talk about on the pod today, and I was like, maybe we might discuss this, and she said, explain it to me, and I had to explain to her the different competitions and I was like so you've got this 2020 which is 20 overs and she understood that you've got this four-day game there's a five-day game that played internationally that's fine then you've got (laughs) the reason why this might be a topic is because of the fact that during this 50 over competition there's also this one this this she calls it the 100 they've got this 100 competition going on 
And then she goes, so what's the 50 over competition? She's like, how many balls is that? I was like, three, well, it's 50 times six. And so she's like, so you've got the 300 and you've got the 100. <laughs> I was like, it's not called the 300. It's called like the 50 bit. It's expected. Did you mention the 100? She's got a point. It would make it a lot easier to understand, wouldn't it? If you just switched everything up uh, and do the same with the 20, T20. 120. Go to numbers, say. Yeah, but I suppose the point is still there is the schedule is mad that we then are not being able to have a proper or a fully strength 50 over competition, which makes the next person to be selected for England in a 50 over team pretty hard to do. So they're either selecting out of the 2020 competition, the 100 or first class cricket, I suppose. Is that where it's coming from? We're going to have yeah, to no alternative, is there? No. I mean, is that fair, though? Is, like, is that a fair point? Can, can people do that? Well, but then what's what's the point in the Royal London 50 over comp? Like if it's not actually being used, it's it's might as well be a second team competition. Like I, granted it's on at the same time, so the lads are playing white ball cricket. It's like a sort of audition or a sort of celebrity talent show for for second teamers that might get might get a gig in a hundred when someone gets injured or an overseas pulls out. It's not it, it's 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 not it's not real if the counties if it's there's no if the county's best players aren't playing, what's the point in it? Why, why have a sort of one-and-a-half team competition that seems daft if it's not going to prepare players for international cricket, which seemingly it's not because the quality is not going to be high enough. Yeah. It's just more more holes in the calendar. I personally think Stokes' retirement, I think for him, it's the right decision to do with his workload. But if I worked at the ICC, I'd be very, very concerned. The 50 World Cup's one of their, if not their main marquee event and a huge money spinner for them. I... Uh, if your best quality players in the world aren't playing 50 over cricket, it weakens your tournament and it weakens your ability to grow the game and your revenues. So I'd, I'd be very concerned about the ICC. Yeah. They're probably, they're, at the moment, they're more worried about their T20 World Cups, aren't they? Because you know, yeah. when's the next um, one-day cup, uh, World Cup? I, I, I personally would quite happily at international level scrap 50 over cricket. It creates a little bit more breathing space in the calendar um, to, to play test cricket and preserve that and to, to have high quality international T20 amongst the franchise windows. Can I, I'd, I'd counter that and say I'd much rather scrap international T20s, keep that a franchise competition. I mean, aside from a World Cup, which everyone likes, how many things can you actually remember from an international 20 over competition or 20 over series, sorry. So just to say that we play three games here, we play five games there. It's it's entertainment, but nothing actually sticks in your mind. As yeah. well. that, was a, that was a great innings. 50 over stuff, I think, has a lot more sort of lasting power in the memory and you can make a day of it. And I think it's a better experience. I would say keep the 20 over stuff to franchises around the world, maybe have the odd World Cup and ditch just ditch the international series. Yeah, I, agree. I think what's clear is there's too much. And I think we all agree on that. Yeah, I think I think scrapping the T20 makes sense because why would you bother if you're already going to the blast? Now you you know you, you get the hundred thrown in. You already watched the, the likes of IPL on on on, on TV anyway. Uh, what is a an international T20 going to add to that? Very very little. But I suppose, I suppose the, also though like scrapping international T20 is fine, but it doesn't really solve the conundrum there of like the county schedule either though, does it? Like we've still got four competitions now and, and the international calendar is too, too crowded. But 
if that's crowded, then the, the first class kind of is even more crowded, which like it's just it's impossible for any England players to play any games for anyone. And it's nearly impossible for anyone to sort of make like make a proper name for themselves in all competitions. It's quite like, is that is this one of Rob Key's key things to think of key things to think about? Mm-hmm. I didn't actually mean that. Uh, <laughs> um, is that one of his big things, do you think? It, like the, the schedule? I'm not sure whose remit it falls under, to be honest, but it it's just entirely a problem of our own making in that we had a perfectly functional cricketing calendar where we used to play all three formats um, and and have a decent amount of exposure to all of them. I guess there's always a bit of friction about who gets to play what at what time of year and does yeah. the all-day game get shoved to the beginning and the end. But the amount of cricket was fine, whereas now we've introduced the 100. Basically, we need either the 100 or the blast the ECB won't allow you to get rid of the 100 because it's their love child. Yeah. And the counties won't allow you to get rid of the blast because it's their, their money spinner. So um, what but gives? That's, that's sort of why I got to the point that you get rid of 50 over cricket worldwide. And you have your short format, which subsidises the long format. But you can't you can't get rid of worldwide 50 over cricket because the English Cricket Board has decided to flood our domestic summer with, with too much... But, li- but, but, but we're not we're we're not we're not the only people having it. You look at the Australian season; they have that fifty-over competition, which is basically a bunch of of second-team state players because the international players are never available. Um, it it's you you go to a fifty-over game around the world. There's no crowd there. There's no. Have you ever seen overseas fifty-over cricket broadcast on telly in the UK? No, you get the IPL, you get the Big Bash, but you don't get fifty-over cricket. I just think it's a it's a it's either long format or short format now, and I think you can have it. It is it's caught in between. It's not a it's not that viable a product at a domestic level. So is it also that viable a product at an international level? Attendance in Australia plummeted for it. It wasn't that long ago that everyone thought Test cricket was uh, dead and buried. So now we're talking. Now we're saying that fifty over cricket is gone. Well, after winning the World Cup, I mean, now it's no longer relevant. What was the... to, so at, at the end of the day, the only thing that's really changed is that the oh, ECB has introduced a new format that no one else is playing, and that has been that has had an impact on the domestic game, um, which they could have perfectly done without. Uh, however, they were looking at a revenue generator, and they came up with this additional format that, so far, no one else is copying. When, when England got to number one in the world under Andy Flower, that was 2010, 9, 10? Yeah. What, I, I, don't, I can't remember what the format was then, but was the format basically you play, we had our 2050 first class and that was it, 2020-50 overs first class and that was it. I think we actually played 40 over cricket. Did we? Then. Did we have the, the Pro 40 yeah. competition? Think that was that back in the day, though, where you had the forty-over league and the fifty-over knockout cup, could well have been, could well have been, which was I, four formats, and they didn't, and the players didn't like that. Then. I don't, did they have a fifty-over knockout back then? Oh yeah, the fifty-over knockout's been going yeah, yeah until quite recently. They always used to have the, the Lords final, didn't you? For the yeah. basically the old C and G. Yeah. I'm not sure that was around 2010, nine, was it? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, I went to a final. Nat, Nat, West, Nat West Trophy, I want to call it. Yeah, no, okay, it was then. Fair enough. Yeah, that's four formats, and the Pro 40 got smashed. It got got racked up, didn't it? So that was a weird format as well, Pro 40. Yeah, well, that's when you had Scotland and Holland playing in that. That was even yeah. more, even more strange. I mean, it's- um, so basically, my and, point, and the minor counties, and, and the yeah, unicorns. And the unicorns. 
Yeah. My, I suppose my point there is, um, um, does anyone remember, did we play, did we bookend it with first class cricket? Start and end when we became number one? Like, you know, what we became number one in test cricket, was it in spite of the schedule or was it because the schedule was better or... I don't know. I think it's because we got we got our players from South Africa back then. That that really made quite a difference. We had a top seven who all averaged forty plus in Test cricket. So can't really compare it. I think IPL and franchise wasn't as big back then. Probably yeah. as it is now. So different pressures. Well, interestingly, actually, I think it was IPL started in seven or eight, but we didn't let our players go, and that's why people no, were but... falling out, and it all fell foul. And actually, you can actually see the contrast as you let our players go to the IPL the improvement in our white ball sides but yeah at times to the detriment of our red ball sides if you're going to draw a comparison between well Basso hasn't yeah the anomaly doesn't necessarily prove the point but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the point is, is 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 there a schedule that we could ever get that's going to be agreeable to anyone extremely unlikely so we can talk about this every week basically um, <laughs> <laughs> okay should we just end the end the episode now then let's just <laughs> no i mean i suppose i suppose we're going to have to get rid of a format really aren't we and 50 or 2020 cricket is probably going to be the one which is going to say so basically the next ben stokes replacement is going to have to be selected out of the 100 or the 20 over competition and or maybe even the 50 who I mean, the other name that we didn't really mention, Phil Salt, seems like he's a bit flavour of the month as well in that stuff. Um, he won't keep because Butler's obviously captain and keeping, but um, maybe Do he... Do they won't. have him down in the 50 over the top order players? He was a substitute fielder the other day, which made me think that he must Opened be... Opened in the Netherlands, didn't he? Yeah, I'm surprised he if he's sort of being groomed as the Jason Roy replacement. Mm. So I'm not sure how long Roy's or, got or that or perhaps Jos Butler, if he carries on the way he started as captain. You know, Chev was so quick to get rid of Owen Morgan. Maybe Butler will go the same way. Right. Literally, Chev, you said it in two weeks. <laughs> I, I basically predicted this happening. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> uh, will it change Sam Curran's fortunes? Will he become the next one? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. He's more bits and pieces than Mark Elam ever was. And Mark Elam got in in the 90s. He wouldn't get it now. That is such a load of rubbish. <laughs> Hugh, if you could rate them, the th- I'm going to name you three all-rounders, rate them in order. Mark Elam, Ronnie Irani, Sam Curran. Irani, Elam, Curran. <laughs> Worst to best. Ronnie Irani. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting debate. I think it's pro- I, if it's not Rob Keys, it's someone else's in the ECBs to, to sort out. But I honestly probably think it's maybe the start of a downfall of England's 50 over fortunes, one day fortunes. Is that a coincidence, do we think? Well, these things go, uh, go in cycles. So it's, it, you know, it's yeah. bound to happen. Someone else will come, uh, come on stronger now and actually win the next World Cup. It's just how these things work. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more curious to find out who will win the T20 this year based on what's been happening with all these... Um, you know, mixes of A and B teams that they've been playing in the short form. I, I think South Africa look a good T20 side at the moment. In Australian conditions, it's not wildly different to South African. They um, they pushed India pretty well in their recent series there. I wouldn't be surprised if South Africa surprised a few people. Yeah, talking of talking Ben Chokes, I mean, they've always choked in every tournament they've ever gone to. And there we are, yeah. yeah. So, that's, I mean, I don't, I think in his fortunes, I think without Owen Morgan, we're looking at a very, very different side all quite quickly in the one day stuff. Um, but it'd be interesting to see 
I mean, who else in the world in that 2020 competition is is top at the moment? Like I think we've already said, is it so difficult to know because of, it's so not that memorable, is it? So uh, got... To be fair, a tournament like that, you really could see any one of six or seven teams winning it, couldn't you? Like West Indies have got a very strong historic track record in that tournament. They never look a great side on paper, but yeah, not like that. Yeah. You see them winning. Pakistan look a quality outfit. Australia won the last one against the odds. You wouldn't bet against New Zealand doing well. South Africa, as you said, we've got a sniff. But you, it's, it's really hard to call in, in the shortest format, I think. Yeah, interesting. Talking of the 2020 competition, did you guys see the um, finish to Saturday's last final? I did, yeah. No, I couldn't be honest. What, what happened? I didn't actually watch it. I only sort of saw the BBC highlight of the last ball, which didn't really tell me much. But what was the, what was the equation towards the end? So I think it was... It was technically five to win, perhaps, but because a if in the event of a tie, it went to wickets and then the, the batting size, i.e. Lancashire. No, it, it, it was no, it, it wasn't then wickets because they were level on wickets. It was their power play score, as right. if no one had learned from the World Cup how not to organise, how to end up in a tie. <laughs> the ECB have just said, oh, yeah, I see, we'll run with one of your ideas there. Criminal. <laughs> So anyway, they, they basically needed four to win off the last ball. Um, Richard Geeson got cleaned up by, a, I think it was a Nathan Ellis Yorker, fired yeah. it in high 80s, very good ball. Yeah. Um, off they went celebrating, off went the fireworks. Um, and they went, <laughs> went upstairs to the third umpire who called them the, by the margin a no ball. So two runs on the field, they had to wait for the smoke to clear um, before they could re-bowl the final ball with two to win for Lancashire this time. <laughs> And uh, to be fair to them, Laddie bowled a cracking slower ball, which Dean Gleeson all ends up and they just ran a bye. So five to win, no ball, two. Yeah. No ball, two runs yeah. in, in the tournament. Yeah, it's no longer yeah. a free hit, which is a bit boring, to be honest. But... It was a free hit. It was a free hit. Two runs and a free hit. Was it? Yeah. We've, yeah. we've watched, uh, so I don't, still don't understand what they've changed then, because we watched uh, no balls at the Oval where there was no free uh... hit. Had you had a couple of Arangi booms, Marcel? <laughs> uh, no, because they don't serve them at the at the oval. <laughs> front, front foot no ball is still a free hit. Some of the ones for height aren't, I think. Mm. That's quite a low scoring final. They always are, I suppose, aren't they? They're always lower scoring. You think 151, 150, 152 to Lancashire's 151. Interesting. Um, yeah, Hampshire champions. I think they lost their first four group games. Yeah, I listened to a. I listened to a commentary um, driving back from a game of cricket on a Saturday night of a Hampshire game against Sussex and the BBC Radio Hampshire commentators were moaning how terrible a season they had. <laughs> and they only went and bloody won it. Amazing. It was uh, a real turn. Not dissimilar to Essex last year or the year before when, you know, it's one of those games where you get a bit of momentum and you get a bit of form and everyone starts pulling in the same direction and you can suddenly make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. And was it, it was, it was pretty, it's a pretty decent finals there actually, looking at that. Yorkshire's the first game. Runs. Yeah, first game, over 400 runs. Second game, 190 plays 150 and then final 150 plays 150. That's a decent finals day. Um, yeah, the teams that we were looking for other teams to actually make finals day, but other than that, it was good. Um Hugh, you also sent a number plate over this weekend of people who weren't playing in the Vitality Blast, but were playing in the East Anglian Premier League. That's well. correct. N- N17 Buck, um, North Hunts, uh, I'll say squad member, Nathan Buck, uh, made an appearance at Cop and Elder Switching on Saturday, and I can confirm 
that he was quite slippery and he put me on my backside. Lovely. Was, it, was, he, yeah. was he like um, Nathan Buck? I, I mean, I think you'd probably say that he was a good, you know, like in his day, maybe not anymore because he's playing in the East Anglian Premier League, but he is a, a seasoned first class cricketer, I would say. Yeah. Uh, a good first class. Yeah. I mean, was he, was he noticeably better? Yes. Was he really? Than me, yes, definitely. Yeah, but even for your lads, even the ones you, so, so one of your lads got a 50, didn't he? One of your openers got a 50 and stuff like that. Did he find him noticeably better than anyone else he's played? Uh, I mean, the, the side we're playing are top of the league and have a sort of annual wage bill of something like 50k. Um, their first three bowlers will play minor counties cricket. Hmm. Their fourth bowler was someone from the Big Bash and Nathan Buck bowled third change as, as a pro with a slightly older ball. And just put a put a vice like grip around us and 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 made real issues for our batters. So yeah, good cricketers. Oh, interesting. It's nice to know, isn't it, that like they are better cricketers there in the first class. Yeah. Like we go on about how there's so many of them. It is their profession, obviously. There's so many so many players, but it's noticeable, right? Okay. It really is. Yeah, they gave us a bit of a whooping. Nice. And then also, you sent through Mark Wood playing for Ashington. Was he playing for Ashington? Is that right? Yeah, club game. Like, if I thought Nathan Buck was slippery, I dare say Mark Wood might have just uh, slipped the gear on uh, on Bucky. On the um, on the app they had, or well, on Twitter, on whoever was recording the game, they um, had his, they had one of his overs went four 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 wicket. Um, <laughs> I wonder where those four, five, or four fours came from. <laughs> I don't think it was in front of square. I imagine mid on, yeah, down the ground, down the ground maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Next week, when's the next round starting? It starts tomorrow. Tomorrow, well, it depends when this goes out. But um, as we are speaking tomorrow morning, and I suppose for us, if no one else is going to hear it by the time, be aware the early starts. Yes, early starts because of the weather. No, late, uh, late, late, late ends, isn't it? Early ends. Well, okay. well, Gloucestershire have said they're starting at something like half nine. Oh, really? I thought they were ending at four thirty and starting at they shot on their day. Yeah, Glo- no, Gloucester's going to start at eleven and end at four thirty. Oh, just taking a session out. But then yeah. that seems odd to go through the heat of the day and not play the evening session. That's what Howard and I were speaking about earlier before everyone joined, weren't we, Howard? Right. It normally tends to warm up to the end. So even though. After 4 p.m., it's normally the hottest time of the day, so it does make sense to not play between four and seven. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Dutch is, weather. It, is it? Yeah, normally the hottest time, even though that's just because it's just the heat that's that's sitting there. So normally the warmest point of the day is always uh, after 3 p.m. Yeah, interesting. Um, there you go. And that is the start of the Cheltenham Festival, which will probably be a terrible Cheltenham Festival for Gloucester, given their current form. Um, and any changes for the round, Chev? Are you making any? Are you going to make any? Uh, well, yeah, I, I could say I don't have to, but or I, don't, I don't need to. Whether that's going to turn out to be correct, we'll find out afterwards. But I'm not looking to make any trades this week, which is probably going to be the second round in total so far that I've, I'm going to skip uh, doing anything. Ever. I'm just ever, ever yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. just making a few substitutions unless anything happens with selection in the morning. Uh, and I'm thinking about actually putting Ben Compton on the bench, which is an interesting call. But that's my signing sorted then. Sign Ben Compton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Uh, uh, we may want to, yeah, maybe pick him up 
but uh, yeah, so that's that's probably it. And other than that, it's just substitutions because of uh, a bye week uh, for Durham and uh, Worcester. Yeah. So Ed, Ed Barnard is going uh, is going out for one week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, all good. Yeah. I've got Worcester's. Sorry, go on. No, just fine. I, I've got Lewis Deploy in, Hammond, Gloucestershire out, Dawson in, Ryan Higgins of Gloucestershire out. So Ooh. chopping them all. Um, um, the Worcestershire buys forced me into the market. Begrudgingly, I was quite happy to save them up for the business end of the tournament. But uh, having to get rid of Haynes or, or Pollock, I've gone to get rid of Haynes to cash in a bit of profit, having bought them cheaply. And I've picked up what I think is a very reasonably priced Adam Live for 62000 which I think seems quite good value. So Adam Live comes in to get naught this week. Um, and I've had to get rid of George Linder. I liked him as a cricketer, but he's really <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> underwhelming performances for Kent. I'd be asking for my money back if I was Kent. So, so chalk him up for 160. Um, but I've gone for Ian Holland, the uh, Hampshire opening batter, and I'm very, very tempted to give him the armband Ooh. against 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 a weak, weak Gloucestershire at Cheltenham. Yeah, in the heat, I could, I I fancy I fancy Hampshire doing a job on Gloucestershire. Hard. It's a hard wicket at Cheltenham, I think, and then it's going to spin and it's going to get runs, I think. Interesting. I mean, I'll probably it's been... still go with Harmer, but um, oh. it's, it's, that's my consideration. It's my consideration, a Hampshire batter. Yeah. Howard, who are you going, who are you going for? Um, I might I might stay out of the market. I might get rid of Craig Overton. Um, I've, only, I've only got eight substitutions left for the rest of the year. So Ooh, if the other four play... That's thin. Yeah. If the other four bowlers play, I might sit it out and uh, Craig's going to miss the next two games because he's in the ODI squad. It's a lot of money to have sat on the bench and then he might miss the last few games because of the test matches as well. So I think he probably needs to go. Um, not sure if I get rid of him, who will come in. Might be the time of year where you look to bring a spinner in, mightn't it? Maybe, maybe. I've got, yeah, I'm just looking at my players. I've got, you talk, everyone's talking about little cashing in with their profit and loss. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Nine of my players, which includes the subs, so that's nine out of 15, all have minus numbers. What's your budget left then? <laughs> Actually, so I bought in, so I, I, I spent, I bought in a few, which made me I've got a thousand pounds left, but I did have quite a lot of money left. But I've got that's 11 points. So what's your the minus numbers only reflect the last week. So you've yes. just had your best mm. ever week, and yet nine of your players have still lost value. Yeah. Uh, so what's your team value then? One million and fifty pounds. Oh, that explains everything, really. Yeah. So you're lucky; it's not it's below a million. Yeah. Is, what's yours, um, Marcel? Because yours must be pretty high. One point three ish. Whoa. Oh, that's good. That good. I've got eleven trades. Is that? I think. What do we reckon? How many trades do we want to be having on the last couple of rounds? Well, last back end of the season? Two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. Where does that leave the tables? Well, as we said, sorry on top of Div 1. Div 2, I don't think we quite got into, did we? But Div 2, who's coming top of that? Not, not. not to lose. They're the best side. Yeah. Comfortably. I think so. 159 points, Middlesex maybe, but they're actually not having a great time of it of late. So, interesting. Okay, lovely lads. Well, that's great. Um, and then next round tomorrow, episode next week, that'd be wonderful. All right then, well, thank you to everyone 
for listening to Badger Watch, an unspun cricket production. Join us next week to see um, if my team can actually get under a million pounds. That would be interesting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you very much for listening and we will see you all next week.